Buongiorno e benvenuti. Mi chiamo? To what? Benvenuti to what? Ah, <laughs> Start over. And and it's buon. Go ahead. Go, go, go. Buongiorno. Bravo. E benvenuti to Kimberly's Italy. Bravo. Mi chiamo Tommaso Favoloso. Bravo. E io sono chi? And I am who? Uh, someone who came in. I don't know. <laughs> Someone to book the recording studio exactly. at the wrong hour. Exactly. <laughs> Just two seconds ago, before we were about to start this, I said, "Why don't you do the intro?" And you did. That was a pretty good job. Aguri. Nervous. Stage fright. <laughs> My name is Kimberly Holcomb, and this is Kimberly's Italy, a podcast about our love of all things Italian. I don't need to introduce you-know-who over there because he already did it. Exactly. Allora, we could not fit in all the travel news updates in the previous episode, so we will carry on here because it's important to know what's happening if you are going to Bell Italia this year. The most important quote-unquote news that we want to share is actually more of a caution, so to speak about what you may be reading online when researching places in Italy. I say this because of all the thousands of articles that Tommaso and I have read and saved, and we keep revisiting them with a bit of disbelief that this information is out there. Some of these articles are from trusted publications and others from aggregated sources with the tagline under the title of, quote, powered by Yahoo!, or Joe Schmo Travel News. Hey, watch out for Joe. <laughs> but in summary, the bottom line is, it's hard to know who or what to believe. And let me just say something about this group of bookmarks that we have. It's in the thousands. And I've gone back and looked at those bookmarks from the ones when we were thinking about doing this podcast and we started to bookmark things to get an idea. And they were well-written they were, you know, this was 2019. Good. Very good point. Well-written, thoughtful paragraphs. Thorough. So there are so many of these articles now, articles or, right. li or listicles. Oh. Like, <laughs> so you've got four paragraphs made up of four three-word sentences. That's an exaggeration. But basically, it's a flood of content. By got, many, many yes, sources. By many sources. And it's just about, we've got to get something out there fast right? in order. And- I'm going to go into something a little later, which I, it speaks to this, um, but you go ahead. Pumpkin. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Here is a perfect example of why we wanted to highlight this in this episode. I read an article and saw the accompanying video that a young quote-unquote travel influencer put on TikTok. She states, quote, Positano is only enjoyed by the wealthiest of people and it's over the top crowded. I'm imitating her video. And let me just say that everyone knows Positano is always crowded all season long. Thank you for pointing out the obvious. Right? So that is nothing new. 
Yet it's as if this young influencer is sharing this breaking news <laughs> with the world for the first time. She was so demonstrative and like annoyed at how crowded and expensive it was. So her alternative suggestion is, quote, you should definitely go to a more quintessential Italian town that is deaf, less crowded, unquote. So I need to interject here again, saying that you refer to these places as villages, not towns. And she refers to herself, or I should say she labels herself as an Italian expert. And where does she suggest going? Ready? This is how she pronounced it. Cinque Terre. Okay. She's, she's worse than me. Dio, <laughs> right? Dio mio, she couldn't even pronounce it correctly. Cinque Terre. Cinque Terre is as crowded as Positano, Firenze, and Venezia. So some young person or any person out there could have seen this video from the quote-unquote Italian expert on TikTok, and that person might have made plans to go to Cinque Terre. Cinque, no, it, it wasn't even Cinque. Oh, Cinque. Cinque Terre, right? Dio mio, okay. Imagine going to a restaurant and saying, oh, I'm so happy to be in Cinque Terre. <laughs> yeah, you'll get, the, you'll get the real tourist treatment there. <laughs> Let me carry on. A majority of these self-proclaimed professional adventurers, travel experts, or YouTube and Instagram travel influencers might be attracting a younger crowd that aren't all that well-traveled or knowledgeable, and they may believe everything, every word these experts say. Also, I hate to share this part, but I have to. I have seen so many photos that go along with these articles, uh, let's say Portofino as an example, yet the photo, the picture is of Positano. It shows the lack of research, the quick regurgitation of content, all of it plagiarized so many times, it's watered down to the point of barely being accurate. And I saw an article the other day, which I think I mentioned to you because we watched Stanley Tucci the other night. Oh, right. This is amazing. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's like, is someone listening? So the next morning I wake up and I find this article right away and it said, Stanley Tucci's favorite top 10 places in Italy. <laughs> so all this individual did was take Stanley Tucci's videos Right. And then basically give Stanley Tucci credit, but write an article. <sighs> right. That's a good summary also. Yet I will say some of these articles that we have read over and over are also published in totally reliable publications. One, whose name I will not mention, but I was super disappointed in it, ran an article that said, quote, each time a travel influencer posts a well-executed video on TikTok, that destination gets a 35% increase in travel shortly after the post went viral, unquote. They gave absolutely no background to the research that proves this 35% increase really happened. Yet here they are showcasing the effect that a TikTok video has in the travel industry. And also, let me just say, that's got to be a complete exaggeration. Because if you post a TikTok video of, say, Positano, and the traffic had increased by 35%, people would be, basically, wouldn't be able to breathe. <laughs> right? Wall-to-wall <laughs> -wall already. Wall-to-wall sweat-a-thon. <laughs> Dio mio. 
Well, let's say Cinque Terre, <laughs> Cinque Terre. got the 35% hike in tourists. They wouldn't even realize that it was death, not as crowded as Positano, right? You should start you should start being a travel influencer under the the name Cinque Terre. Alora, <laughs> <laughs> let me be serious again. I assume most of you who are listening to our podcast may not put a lot of faith into every word that a 19-year-old influencer says because she isn't really sharing many details about the specific place she's at, yet she does post images of herself in a bikini, slowly walking down into a pool covered in rose petals. I've seen that one million times already. And also, to be honest, even if Tommaso and I were in our 30s and had like, you know, six-pack abs (laughs) or a model's figure, we wouldn't be filming ourselves diving into the water in Capri because we would want you to see the beauty of that island, not not just our bums. That's the difference between us and all these self-proclaimed experts. Can I share one other article also that I found? It spoke of, again, this goes back to what do they know about you and why are they feeding you this information? The top 10 places to retire in oh, Italy. Oh, right. This is another killer. Oh, my God. I, I think I yelled, we're watching a friend's house, and I think I, it's a very sort of circuitous house. It's got a lot of rooms and a lot of annexes and whatnot. And I think I yelled, and I, I think you were concerned that something had happened. <laughs> but this top 10 places to retire, Ravello. Which is in the Amalfi Coast. Right. And that would be just so much, so relaxing in right. the middle of summer in August. <laughs> What do you mean from like Easter till November? Bellagio? In Lake Como, also wall-to-wall tourist 10 months of the year. Doza? Uh, Emilia Romagna, but I don't I don't think I've ever been there, so I can't say. Okay, well, it's a small little place. Okay, could be cute. Cetara? That is also in the Malvicos, and I love that place because there is zero happening there, except that's where you go to eat the Colatura di Alici. That pasta with anchovies. But I'm sorry, to retire there, there's basically nothing. Okay. Let's go back to Positano. Oh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> San Gimignano. Oh, my God. Just what you want this to do. Gets... Spend spend your retirement years with 25,000 people. Per day. Per day. Exactly. Dio mio. Anything else? And Cefalu. Cefalu in Sicily. Also a very cute little harbor village that is jam-packed. Again, another well-researched, well-thought-out piece of journalism. There you go. All right. Well, let me sum this up by saying I personally know so many places, people, things that truly make my clients' trips a fantastic experience. And most importantly, I am completely honest with them. Let's use that example of Positano. If that is their number one choice then I can make it happen in the best possible way because I actually know how to pull that off. All right, tooting my own horn here compared to all these other influencers, (laughs) but why not? With age comes wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) And beauty, darling, and beauty. Okay, carino. Allora, back to part two of the travel news and updates for 2024. Let's start in the Amalfi Coast that we've been chatting about Anyway, 
Here's some news for those of you who care about planes, as in the type of plane you fly on. United Airlines has replaced the plane that flies from Newark to Napoli with a new design that's quite impressive. These flights will start on May 3rd and run through the end of September. And on top of that, they will offer two flights a day, which is brand new. This is fabulous news for New Yorkers or anyone connecting through that area to fly direct to Napoli. These planes are called, ready? High J Boeing 767-300ER. Extended range. Oh, I wondered what that meant instead of emergency room. There you go, pumpkin. (laughs) (laughs) And of the 167 seats on board, there are 46 Polaris business class pods and 22 premium plus recliners. Then... For the average flyer, they have 43 economy seats with extra leg room. That's a pretty good number, 43, to offer that much because every inch helps, right? And the rest of the seats are standard, which we all know are not that comfortable anymore compared to the good old days. Well, since you're an influencer now, can you please call (laughs) up and get this? I can do a very good job of evaluating the napping quality of 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 those Polaris business class pods. Yeah, they looked really nice. A scotch or red wine, and I'm I'm good. (laughs) Well, Napoli is a very popular choice to fly into for those going either to the Amalfi Coast or Capri and for the adventurous types who love the city of Napoli. Two other American airlines announced new flights to Napoli this year as well. American and Delta. So that just shows you how many people are going to the Amalfi Coast. So more airport uh, slash airplane news. The airport south of Salerno, aptly named Salerno Costa di Amalfi, will have a few flights this summer by the Spanish airline called Volatea. That part confuses me since you would assume Italian airlines would be the first to have flights out of there, but Whatever. They're they're trying to move people out of Mallorca. Oh, right. (laughs) Good idea. Too many people in Mallorca, let's throw them over in Amalfi. Good point. This airport had previously been used as the military airport and then a flight school and a private airfield as well. So the plan's in place. And once it's up and fully running in a few years, you will be able to fly into Salerno from elsewhere in Italy or Europe giving you the option of not having to deal with the Napoli airport, which, by the way, had over 12 million people fly in and out last year. You have not been to Napoli airport? No, I haven't. Okay, it's small. That part I like. 12 million people in and out of that small airport, but what cracks me up about it is the second you walk out, it's like, whoa, it's just (laughs) like, oh my God, it's craziness. (laughs) And I remember picking up a... Mercedes passenger van there by myself. Oh, I was returning it. I was returning the passenger van to the Napoli airport by myself, and it was utter mayhem. That was a funny experience. All right, so the flights this summer offered on Volatea will go from Salerno to Cagliari in Sardinia, Verona up north by Lago di Garda, and Catania in Sicily. Those are three awesome choices to get from the south of Italy to any of those destinations. And for those of you that want to visit Salerno, which I personally really like, 
this might make life a lot easier for those of you that want to, let's say, fly into Salerno from Paris or something or wherever else you may be, and then be able to carry on with your vacation from there. Go to Sicilia, go to Sardinia. Perfetto. The only, let me, as I say, perfetto. However, I thought ahead. (laughs) There always is. There's always something. However, (laughs) comunque. That's how you say that in Italian. Isn't that great? And the the old Italians will be like, comunque. (laughs) The only potential problem I see about getting from the Salerno airport in a car, meaning not flying elsewhere, getting from there to, let's use the village of Amalfi as an example, you would have to drive the Amalfi Coast going north from Salerno up to the village of Amalfi. The road is stunning, right? The, the view is amazing, but it is crowded, bumper to bumper crowded. And it's only one lane in both directions. Correct. Add in like severe curves, straight drops from the um, cliffs you're driving on. It's, you know. There's no rubbernecking. No. So this road is busy from Easter till November. So I can imagine that as pretty as the drive might be if you weren't driving, but a lot of passengers seem to get more freaked out by just looking. I don't know. That could be a little more time consuming perhaps than getting from the Napoli airport to Amalfi up and over the mountains. Either way, it's just something to think about. And for any of you that have driven the Amalfi Coast Road from Napoli Airport or have been driven, you know exactly what I'm talking about. All right, carrying on. The next new thing is in Lago di Garda. And I bring this up because we will be there in early April, as I mentioned last episode. We will circumnavigate Lago di Garda on the road. Yes, we will. And we already promised each other we will be sure not to break their rules because... It could be a little cool, so I'm not worried about oh, right. breaking the rules Walking on, around naked. on some of these, yes. But they have put these new rules in place due to the disrespectful behavior of tourists. Sad to say, but that is the truth. The new regulations are the following. In the teeny village of Sirmione, at the very southern part of the lake... Cars and bikes will be completely banned. And Sirmione is a teeny, skinny peninsula. Little peninsula, right. We're going to stay right near there. Correct. So no more cars and bikes, with the exception of being a resident or a hotel guest. Now, this is where you need to pay attention, Tommaso. No, naked swimming anywhere. (laughs) I have no problem with that. I will not be swimming naked. Okay, good. In season or off. Good, me neither. And they have also banned any type of game on the beach that involves throwing a ball or running. Nor can you play music or musical instruments on the beach too loud to the point it disturbs other beachgoers. Now, this one seems a bit odd since Italians have historically hung their laundry to dry out their windows. But they have now banned doing so due to all the tourists that just get from the beach, get to their accommodation, fling their towels and bathing suits anywhere and everywhere instead of like the, you know, normal um, lines. What do you call those? The clothes lines. The clothes lines. So they're just flung everywhere and there's so many tourists. So I assume it just was an eyesore and they have had enough. Well, it goes back to too many apartments being rented out to tourists. Correct. Correct. Finally, the last few, no dogs allowed on the beach either. That is sad for dogs. And And sad for people who love dogs. Exactly. And you cannot, this one is 
molto importante. You cannot walk around in just a bathing suit between the villages of Malchesina and Pesquera del Garda, which is basically three quarters of the entire eastern side of the lake. Men must have shirts on and women have to have something over their bathing suit, some kind of cover up. And finally, last one, you cannot throw a bachelor party. They were specific about naming that bachelorette, bachelor party, or any kind of party any longer on the beaches. You know, I think it's great that they're doing it because it's all over Europe and the Mediterranean. It's becoming a problem. Yes. Well, they've implemented all of these somewhat strict rules due to over-tourism and the lack of respect. Respect in terms of dress, or should I say lack of clothes. And the less clothes people are wearing these days, the more the Instagram influencers film each other to the point of nauseam. All right, these fines in Lago di Garda can cost you between 100 and 600 euro. That, I think, is key. The one thing we're going to do when we're there, which I think is important, we're going to go to the polizia. 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 And we are going to ask how these fines will be implemented. implemented. Good point. Because I think it's important. We do. We should find that out and let everyone know because let's say a person that's a girl walking around in her little bikini, she's not carrying her passport with her to prove her identity and therefore where she's staying and pay the fine. So, vediamo. Good point. And let me just add that some villages in the Amalfi Coast have put these rules in place as well. The mayor of Sorrento, that's at the beginning, like across from Napoli, he issued an order in 2022 banning people from walking around shirtless or only in a swimsuit. People that violate his rule will be fined between 25 and 500 euro. Like, I wonder... That's a big discrepancy. What did you do to get fined 500 euros? Well, if you have a big bathing suit on, you get fined 25. Right. <laughs> if you have a thong on and a pair of pasties, you get fined 500. But this is kind of funny because while I lived there, basically all the beaches were topless, more so in France, but more so in France, but all, all over Italy. And now. But there wasn't the mayhem. Exactly. Well, basically, we had, I think people had more respect for the local traditions and the local norms. And with the globalization of everything and people from multiple countries, multiple cultures coming in where they can't do this stuff at home. And they just see it on social media. They see it on social media. Well, other Italian cities have been implementing comparable rules. And actually, European countries have several in place as well. And Amsterdam is being touted the pioneer city in fighting over tourism. We mentioned that in the previous episode that they decided to no longer advertise themselves as a destination because they don't want to attract any more tourists. Incredible. Venice also started finding people for consuming food and drinks while seated on the ground or steps. And I was thinking about this. I assume the tourists would dispute that. And claim there's nowhere else to eat because the restaurants are packed to capacity. But just like in Roma, they don't allow people to sit on the Spanish steps anymore. And I think the mindset behind all of this is that it makes the city look sloppy. And once 10 people are sitting on the steps to a church or the steps to one of these beautiful municipal buildings, 
eating their panini and drinking a can of Coke or whatnot, and then 100 people will follow suit. So they have to try something. Right, and it's a trash issue. I mean, even if people pick up their paper and everything. But the majority do not. Okay, let's go for some good news in Firenze, Florence. How do you say that in Italian? Uh, They don't say it because it's (laughs) such an annoying word. And you say it all the time. You guys pretend you didn't say that. Okay, in Firenze, the Orsan Michele Monastery reopened in January after a year-long renovation. And I'm assuming most of you have probably never even heard of the Orsan Michele, which makes it worth the visit. It was the city's former monastery and grain store. It's a funny combo, don't you think? Mm. It includes a church with an incredibly intricate tabernacle, and they redesigned a museum which now houses the newly cleaned life-size sculptures that had previously been on display on the building's facade. So for any of you that have been to Milano and seen the Duomo Milano, the 3,000 life-size sculptures, imagine them being removed, cleaned, and put inside. You could see them closer. It would take away the effect of the Duomo from the exterior, but this is what the Orsan Michele has chosen to do because it's a much smaller scale. This room that houses these sculptures and the intricate brick-vaulted ceilings, like the ones we saw in Palazzo Vecchio, you recall, Tommaso? Yes. In episode 127, we discussed our visit to an art opening within Palazzo Vecchio. And not only was our friend's artwork, you know, the main draw, but the way they light these brick arched vaults. The uplighting on all of these arch vaults oh, and these amazing. various, you, you're just sitting there marveling at the engineering that they could figure this out way back when. Right. For us in this day and age, to look at them, knowing they're the original is just incredible. And that's why I'm mentioning this particular Orsan Michele. And from the photos I saw in the article, which is on the museum's website, so I'm believing (laughs) what's written, right? (laughs) The pictures I saw on the top floor, there are arched windows with views of Firenze's Duomo, Palazzo Vecchio that we were just discussing, and Giotto's bell tower. And it has these simple plaster walls with small sandstone sculptures of various prophets and saints that once topped external columns. They are also inside now as well. And it looks like one of those rooms, this is what I took from looking at the pictures in the video, that if you found yourself alone in that room, in this incredible interior in terms of color and the windows and the view, I think it would make your trip to Firenze like a massive success because being alone in that kind of environment, it's kind of like when we were in Firenze in October and there were four of us, Tommaso and our friends, and we were on the second floor of Casa Buonarroti, Michelangelo's house, by ourselves. That long, long hallway of the small... Um, door frames between each room and all the artwork. Made me feel like I was in the NBA. Right. (laughs) For those of you who don't know what the NBA is, that's a professional basketball player. Basketball, exactly. Made you feel tall. Made me feel very tall. Anyway, that was a very special environment to be in, don't you think? 
It was. It, and again, by ourselves. That's the whole point. Yes. That's why I'm saying maybe if you guys, next time you're in Firenze, go to this Orsan Michele and you can have the same experience. In Soma, last little tidbit here. Some of you had heard that the Atias visa would be required to enter Italy for 2024. Well, guess what? <laughs> Didn't happen. <laughs> They're still arguing. <laughs> and it's been delayed to 2025. And of course, this comes after I downloaded the link and send it to all my clients, told them exactly how to fill it out, and it's not happening. So we have another 10 months before I might have to deal with that again. Allora, I think we're finished for now. And this this may sound a tad hypocritical after chatting about the travel influencers in bikinis and whatnot, but please do leave us a review, follow Kimberly's Italy on Instagram, or send an email or a message and let us know what you think. We are always thinking about how to improve and what to offer all of you around the globe. Why are you finishing my sentence? Because you were (laughs) yawning there for a second. (laughs) Was not. Grazie mille. Okay, I guess we're ending. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao.